Free Jams Network. Yo, 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 yo. You already know who it is. It's your boy EJ, a.k.a. Sorry, Evangeline Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Ten Feet, a.k.a. The Bully, mm. a.k.a. Big Jim Stepper, mm. Big Jim Dripper, the biggest mm. Jim mm. walking the face of the fucking planet. Jim <laughs> yeah. season on his chest. Hey, man, you see, you it? see it? Yes, sir. One third of the luxurious mm. Free Gems Network. Yes, sir. We in the motherfucking building, man. It's your boy Wayne Wilmatic. Mm. Wilmatic Beats. <laughs> Mr. Free Coast, you see it. You see it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see it. You know what I'm saying? One third of Free Gems Network. <laughs> But like we always say, it ain't even about us today, man. We got another special guest in the building. Hey, man. This man, he, he, he wears many hats. Mm. So many hats, I personally don't know how many he actually has. This man got a hat rack. Man, this man is, First off, he's special. Mm. Today we are making Free Gems history. Okay. You know? Our first openly gay black creator. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. You know, uh, so I feel like this is a, this is, this, just that alone is groundbreaking. Right. And we're pushing, uh, he, he, he's, pu- we're pushing, but he's also pushing the culture forward. Absolutely. Today, we have the incredible mm. boy, Blue. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. I can't complain. Definitely, no complaints here. Man, it's lit, bro. Hey, most definitely, man. Uh um, I you know I said that you had multiple hats. I need for you to tell the world what all you what all, what all hats you have. What okay. all that you do, bro? As far as like me and my my craft, I would like to just I hone in on visual art in mm-hmm. the most part whether that be anything there's so many different forms of visual art whether that means i'm doing photography this day or if i'm behind the scenes not touching the camera but just setting up aesthetics mm-hmm. or just bringing things to look appealing to the eye that would be my craft and mm. anything that there's stuff that i've not even done yet that i would just jump out and do it so okay. i feel like as far as finding a label that I would put on myself and my art. I don't really feel like there's nothing that fit that yet. But I just like to create. I like to create and I like to see what happens in my mind right. play out. A curator. A to, curator, to, yeah. To, you know, tr- in its truest form. Right. Um, a question that, that we like to ask all of our guests um, is where are you from? Okay. I was born in Petersburg, Virginia. What? Okay. Yeah. We birth Trey songs. <laughs> <laughs> we birth Trey songs and a whole lot of other crazy stuff. <laughs> That's right. So you so you you're from from there. Yeah. Like you was raised there. I was raised there. So when did you come to Columbus? Maybe like seven years ago. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, maybe like seven years ago. I was uh growing up I was in Petersburg, Virginia. Shortly after I stayed bounced around in Virginia a whole lot. My uh, biological father lives in New York, so I spent some time back and forth from New York to, you know, Virginia, and then this is my first time coming to this side of the South. Right. That's hard, man. So, were you always in, um, did you tap into your creative side up there as well, or did it was more so it blossomed in Columbus? It, I would say that that seed was definitely planted mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. However, there was no nutrients or things for it to grow until I came here. So, mm-hmm. like, mental things, mental mindsets, those things that, that grow your craft was not happening in that in that place. So, it wasn't like, but it started there. Like, it started. So, I remember I used to, um, I wanted to do photography. Photography was my, like, first thing that I just wanted to do. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't grow up in a... In a financial state to where we can have cameras. I used to go to the CVS and get those little mm-hmm. uh, disposable cameras. Right. And I'll go ham on that camera. I'll go, take it back, get it, 
and that was my art. That was what I did, mm-hmm. and I would hang it up. And as long as I did that, then that was that was me. That was but your that was satisfaction. Me. That was my satisfaction. So that was that seed. But however, it didn't grow into you know. I moved here and was able to kind of work my way into those things. Okay. Um, we we like to ask that question because you know, of course, there's many platforms i'm not gonna sit here and act like we're the only right. platform um here in columbus but there's not one in the forefront mm-hmm. okay we are the one in the forefront in my opinion okay. um we're the ones who who uh showcase talent whether it's 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 artists or entrepreneurs yeah. we're putting columbus on the map and we have to that's why we make it a, a habit to ask, like, okay, where are you from? Like, even though you're from Virginia, yeah, right, bro, you're. I'm, seven, I'm, a, I'm definitely a Columbus <laughs> artist. I'm a seven oh six artist. Oh, okay? you feel me? <laughs> so, so it's like yeah. you know, cause I, I wasn't. He wasn't raised. I mean, he wasn't born here. I wasn't born here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, but were you born here? Mm-hmm. Well, he's the only one. Right. You know what I'm saying? But so that's that's one of the biggest reasons. Columbus got some heat, man. Columbus and, got some heat. You're and you're one of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, with, with you not, you know, with you coming here seven years ago, why do you feel like um, you weren't able to blossom upstate? Um, I feel like uh, I was, I was young. I was very young, and I was uh, there was other things going on that had uh, attention that wasn't progressive. Like we weren't, we were so focused on you know everyday tasks of school and financial situations and everything that we didn't really get to dive into creative side that would have been like a bonus so whenever Mm. i me leaving virginia was me kind of like taking a a leap of faith and saying all right i've never been here but let me surround myself with something different and it wasn't until i moved here knowing that i didn't know not a soul here so you moved here by your own i have grandparents here i have grandparents here and um, they became sick. They fell ill. And I I was just graduating high school. So what I did was I treated that as like, okay, well, I've always been a grandma grandma's boy. So whenever I found out that they were ill, and my family has careers and stuff that they had going on, I just graduated high school and I didn't have any plans. So I decided, I was like, well, let me go ahead and help them out around the house, do what I have to do or whatever. I'll just stay here for a couple of months. I've never been here. It's a different environment. I was supposed to be here for two months. Now I'm on seven years. <laughs> now I'm on seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, they're still doing good. Um, they're doing good, but I have branched out from there. Like, I branched out. It was a good It was a good leg in the door. Right. But it was, as far as creatively, none of that was going to grow if I was still in the, in the state of mind of just routine behavior. Right. That, like, leap of faith, that ripping that Band-Aid off is what been like. I was like, well, I don't know no one here. My mm-hmm. age, no creators. No nothing. You gotta hit the ground and you gotta run with it. Right. You know, you meet one person, you meet ten. Right. So mm. that's, that's definitely how growth became a thing. Cause all I did know is two seventy plus year old people, and they can't tell you nothing or nowhere to go. <laughs> so what was you getting down here? Mm-hmm. What was like that moment that you were that you were able to tap into that creative side? I think that defining moment had to be me. I started working over at Smoky Bones, and I was a host there in the restaurant. And I little do people know when I moved here, I was still closeted. Like I was just like no, but I didn't know. Kind of, it wasn't like I was hiding any secrets. I just didn't kind of know myself yet. So when I moved here and realized that, well, if nobody know me, and I have to introduce myself to people. I might want to go ahead and hone in and find the most authentic person in me mm-hmm. and become that and 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 put foundations in on that to where when I am introducing myself, I know exactly who these people are meeting. Right. You know, so I don't feel like I could have grown. I don't feel like I could have grown back in Virginia because I wasn't authentically myself. So who were these people meeting? Right. Well, I'm I'm like I'm intrigued. Right. Like, I, bruh, just because think about it, y'all. Like, 
He just said, like, of course, you probably, I don't know what conversations you have with yourself mm-hmm. or, or the conversation that you had with yourself back then. Like, for you to, to be able to say, okay, I was closeted back then, I didn't know myself. Yeah. Like, it's people feeling that way right now. Right. so. You know what I'm saying? Grown men, grown women that don't know themselves. So it's like, for you to even just being able to admit that, Right, mm. like, and t- and knowing the exact moment, like yo, you for in order for me to in order for people to fuck with me, I gotta I gotta be me, and mm. I not right. only be me, I got to know me. Yeah, I gotta right. know me and like put some weight behind it, like ten toes down on me mm-hmm. before anybody else can defend me or be ten toes down on me. I have to be that for myself, right? And that's how you warrant. But as soon as I made that stand. Of course, you go through things with different people, but however, once when I made that stamp on myself, mm-hmm. there was nobody that came into my life that has left. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like because it's when you when you warrant those for yourself, when you when you have yourself before, that means you stop tolerating a whole lot of just superstitious things. Right. So therefore, the people that started coming in, these were these concrete people that in my head I get surprised by my friends all the time. Right. I'm just like, where did y'all come from? Yeah. Like, where did y'all come from? We're from different aspects but I'm like how did we ended up combined right but it was because of that love that I had to learn to have for myself that you know people came people came I just oh, my go bad. ahead nah go ahead oh what does self love mean to you and how long did it take for you to display that in your art um self love is is something that's crazy for me because it's something that's ever changing like there's times where I am on a height where I've all, I'm almost on a high with myself. I'm like, you know, when when I'm working creatively more than I'm working for someone else, right. I feel the most love for myself mm. um, because I am. I really feel like I'm crushing it. I feel like I'm doing it. I'm patting myself on my back, and then to see the the responses of the people who I'm creating for and see how they like it. That's when I get my most self love kick. However, right. there's times when that plummets, you know. But you learn the most about yourself in those plummets because I know that boom i'm capable of thinking these ways mm. i'm thankful i'm i'm capable i'm capable like i i feel like people don't um entertain the idea of of falling down it's like they just think you always got to be up and then that is very much so not the case i know that um i owe it to myself my biggest form of self-love is i owe it to myself if i'm upset be upset if mm. i'm sad I'm, I'm sad sad today if i'm if i'm lashing out lash out you know, if you want to drink, drink. All those type of things. Like, I owe it to myself to be 100% authentically that. Right. Because that's the way that whenever I do fall and slip up, those are those things that are going to have my back to pick me back up. You're entitled you know? to feel things. Yeah, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to feel myself because right. it's myself. I wake up, I brush my teeth for myself. Right. You know, I do all of these things for myself before anyone else can do them for me. So I'm entitled to embrace myself 100%. And embracing myself, that enhances my craft. How how is it taking That's a motherfucking gym, nigga? Okay. <laughs> man, this man, look, we thir- we thirteen minutes in, and this he, you, we didn't even ask you like a bunch of questions yet. Like we just, it's early, hey. and you already just, getting to it. Yeah, I just gave people didn't realize, hey man, you entitled to feel whatever emotion it is that you are feeling. You are entitled to feel that definitely. People don't. People don't really like you said. People. People think that you just gotta feel happy all the time. Nah, hell no. Nah. Hell no. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Overrated. If you are sad. It's okay to feel yeah, sad. Cry in that club. If you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening right now, you feel like going to that club and cry. Cry in that club. It's okay. It's okay. Because when you feeling happy, you gonna want to feel happy. <laughs> you gonna want tired to feel both. Yeah, definitely. How important is it to give yourself them pats on the back and, and congratulate yourself? Yeah, I think that that's congratulating myself. It has to go hand in hand when I'm sitting myself down in the corner and giving myself a timeout. Like I feel like if I'm if I'm doing good, I need to be like you know who who are you? Like right. you showing out? Like I I like having those moments with myself where I'm just like oh like you you really hot shit. You popping your shit right now? Yeah, right. You know just as if I'm fucking up. I'm like I'm I'm gonna sit myself down and be like hey right, boy you wild. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might need to chill. <laughs> you might need to chill. Is it is it is it safe to say that you are your own best friend? 
have to be. I think that. Well, biggest I, fan. I'm gonna say that. I would say that um, there are times when I'm my biggest fan, but there's times when I'm not. I like to uh, give a different like alternate to that. I feel like in my head space is my favorite place to be, and that's what mm. I can say. So it's not. Sometimes I'm not my best friend. Sometimes I'm my own life coach. Sometimes I'm my own, you know, reckless friend that's going to tell you go out and sabotage some stuff. So in that case, yes, I can be my own best friend, but nine times out of ten, sometimes I don't have my own best interests at heart. However, in my head space, it's my favorite place to exist because right. I know that no matter anything that happens up there, I can make it out of, mm-hmm. and I can also uh, construct my own perspective. Like I can also give my own, my own wave and ride that. Where did all this, like, self-awareness stem from? I think it, in a nutshell, I feel like it stems from keeping your head down for so long. And if you keep your head down for so long to where you have all of these these thoughts or these opinions, but you don't speak on them, mm-hmm. after a while, that, that pressing on, once that, that weight's lifted, there's, you got you know, you can't tell me nothing about myself, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that I don't know about myself that, you know, that you can pick up on and tell me about me. So right. I think that that no, getting to know myself and, and exercising those muscles became a strong suit. So mentally, I can I know when before I end up doing some messed up stuff, mm-hmm. I know before it comes, I'm not to ten, I don't care. And that's just kind of where it ended up coming from. But as far as that whole self-awareness thing, it comes from not being that for so long or having that that's not been worked on. Do you have any mentors or a life coach? I, it, so- um, it sounds like you're... I, I don't know. I, I guess... <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like maybe like somebody has, has had to guide you because it just sounds like way too much wisdom. You I, know what I mean? And I, I'm saying that you couldn't have just pick these things up along the way, but I have you're giving out a lot of game right now. Like you just I said, we, we 13, 17 minutes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like you just got a bag. you like, let me just drop these gems out No, real quick. no, no. <laughs> it's, it's very much so not that. I, it's All it is is that I take uh, influence from everybody that comes into my life. I feel like everyone that comes into your life, whether it in good or in bad, they brought you something. And what mm. you learn from it is what you got. And I've had, uh, there's times where I've had people, even like old classmates, who there was this girl who used to come to school and she was just so unapologetic in everything that she said. And she was deemed to be the most ratchet, walk-in like thing. And she had this like narrative created of her that was so negative, but I took so many positive things from her because she legitimately did not care about it. Once her opinion was made, she stood ten toes down on it, and it was it was very much so like a you can't tell me nothing, and it was she was open to suggestion all the time. Mm-hmm. But however, once when her mind was made up, it was it was over with. It was over with. I feel like that's how you are, though. Yeah, I, like, I draw influence from different people who has came and left. Like when I you know either see you uh, working, you mm-hmm. know at at you know Smoky Bones or. Um, at other places, you know that you that you work at on, you know I don't yeah. know if you work at these places or whatever, yeah. but or whether it's at the club, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Whether it's with with because we have some somewhat of the same friend 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 group, yeah, you know just out and about, you always you, hmm. so like and it's unapologetic. Right. Um, what does did does did oh coming out? Did that take like? Uh, is that a big part of that? I say it has a lot to do with that. Definitely, it, it that's a good chunk of it because people don't understand. It's like, well, if you are, um, if you are living, uh, I feel like we all we all walk every day in this world. I said, but people who are um, people who live a closet lifestyle. It's like walking in a world that's not really theirs yet. You know, it's like, this is definitely my world that I'm living in. I'm walking in it every day. But you'll start doing routine things and not realize that, okay, I'm not being myself. 
So I'm just doing these things off muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And so once when that kind of switch happened where it was like, okay. And it's, it's very much so like, I mean, coming out is a process. Like at first you have to do it. You tell like a couple of people that you're close to kind of feel those vibes and then you slowly, slowly grow. But once it's done, it's this kind of like a, this like new, it's like the whole world is new. Like I don't, I don't even associate to that person who he was before coming out because that's that was just idle time. <laughs> it was yeah. like it was like static fuzz. But right. yeah, you never live until you're you know really authentically living in your truth. What steps did you take to be this most the most confident version of yourself? Um, or do you feel like you're not the most confident version of yourself? I feel like I'm not the most confident version of myself because there's times where I lack. However. I feel like I I like the opportunity of playing those games with myself, meaning that there's times where I'm not my most confident, but there's more for me to be able to get from myself. Therefore, I feel like I'm always either elevating in some sort of way or, you know, moving. You know, as long as you're moving, you're never complacent. And I feel mm -hmm. like um, there's times where I'm not my most confident, but in those times, I'm my most creative. Mm. Yeah. I'm definitely my most creative when I'm not as confident as I should be. How do you challenge that then? Like, how do you, when you're not as that, uh, your most confident, how do you channel that and be like, and you and you create your most creative piece or your your, your creative vision? How do you channel that? I write. Um, I write a lot. I keep a journal every day. That's something that I've always done. But even in that, it's just because it's like, you know how like you have Snapchats and your memories pop mm -hmm. up a year to date. Right. I write at least something every day I've been there so that next year before I write something different, I can go back and look mm. at that last thing that I wrote. And that alone kind of helps me as far as curing my confidence, because sometimes I realized that last year on this day, I was in some bullshit. Right, right. And I was in some bullshit. Or there's times where I go back and I look, and the situation that I thought was crazy was not even that deep, you know? So that's kind of how I cure curate that and kind of move forward in that. Right. Um, I want to... Well, no, it's, it's the same thing. Do you... With the it's when you create what's no what is your creative process like when you getting ready to to um do a shoot what what's what's that like my creative process is uh it depends on the project or what I have to do at that time however there's ideas that I always will have stored so like there's times where I would listen to like music mm -hmm. and I would just I would see something or I have like images pop up I'm most creative when the sun is down I'd stay up I'm a night owl fulfilled like I'm gone and every time I see something I write it down in my notes mm -hmm. on my phone and stuff like that and then it just presents itself like I projects present themselves where it's like you'll have them and you'll write them down and they came to you for a reason and then sometime soon there's somebody that wants to create that's in that same realm or ballpark of something that you've already envisioned mm -hmm. and then you can just go back in that vault and be like hi Heat. <laughs> right, right. Here, heat. <laughs> is creating always simple, like easy? No. No, because, I mean, you go through blocks. You go through times where you don't feel comfortable creating because you don't, you scared of the stuff that, when it comes out, how people are going to respond to it, you know? Or in a situation like me, I like to work up under artists. So there's somebody with a craft, and I like to kind of put my twist on it that's there's that's my form of art so there's sometimes where I don't know okay I have this idea and I could see this artist doing really good with this but what if I go and I present this in this way and then it just looks crazy and it you know or it, it just backfires mm -hmm. so there's so many second so much second guessing before the actual product come out there's things that are in there that I see for somebody that I just dream of working for and then I get the chance to do it, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And then I don't, I don't present that issue. I don't present that, mm -hmm. you know? So there's, there, it's not always easy, but it's always material. So it's like, that's, it's like you'll have work that you're just sitting on because, right. you know, you don't, you're not at your most confident self. So then you have to go back to the drawing boards. And so it's full circle. Everything is just, it, it's full circle. This right. is, yeah. Cause like it, it seems like it always draws back to like the confidence. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like every time you try something and it and it's either confidence or fear. Yeah. Like even when you think like even when with with me, you know, I could suggest, yo, I think you should do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Or I could be, no, I don't think he gonna really fuck with it. Yeah. So I ain't gonna say nothing. And then he does something and be like, Well, I thought of something. Why didn't you say Why it? Why didn't you say <laughs> nothing? Closed mouths never get fed. At I, all, bro. I've got beaten up so many times for that. <laughs> like, well, take us through the 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 process of you and Erica's the that iconic that 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 duo is is very much so. Um, when I met her. We were both really young. We met through a best friend of mine when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. And I met this girl. She was a host at the restaurant that I was working at. And um, then I would just see her. And she goes by 10 now as well. Yeah. So I would see her. And she would um, she would bop up. And then she was just such this like positive light. And she had did her like healing work. She had did so much. And it was these things that I admired about her. And it was like she just took me up under her wing. And uh, she kind of like helped me enhance that creative side in me that, that needed that, that food. It just needed that, that nutrition. And then we would just, we would work. We would work, and then we would chill. We would work, we would chill. This girl would sit here and do my hair. She would, like, there was so many other things besides creating that we did. She um, really entertained the idea of walking art to me. Um, and, because she wears many hats as well. She wears many hats as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's like me and her, like we just artistically we mesh. You know, right. friendship is. I wouldn't even just like me calling her a friend of mine would be kind of like a slap on the wrist because she's like it's like a spiritual connection that I have with that girl. Like when we work together or when we just entertain ideas, it's something that's 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 different. Yeah, man. Because like like I, like I said that that. Those photos that y'all took, man, to me, those is, like, top tier. Right. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I want to, not I, but we want to give you your flowers, bro. Thank right. you. Right. Thank because you. Because what you, you what you do, everybody can't do that. Right. I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Well, what I always say, you you was able to paint a picture with, with, your, with your flash or with your, with your camera. You was able to paint that picture in it. Definitely, that's one of those moments for sure. Definitely. So, I, I, I like that. I, it's it's one of those things where it's like when you create something and then you hear like responses from it, mm-hmm. it almost makes you like, you know, you get those little bashful things like, ah, thank you. You felt that when I was just, um, it was so random and she, but us sitting down and like getting those photos and pushing those out, like it became strategic later on. Yeah, right. But like it started off as just some random things and that's when the best stuff happens. So I do, I definitely do appreciate that. Hey man, real shit. But, um, Free Jazz Network will be right back after this paid advertisement. Um, so, you, you, you do a lot. Alright. And as far as downtown culture. Yeah. You're a big <laughs> part of that. Right. Um, what, if, to, to the average listener, to Blue. I gotta get used to calling you blue. (laughs) (laughs) What's the bar life like? I think um, bar life in Columbus, I mean, it has its times where it's just like, it's lit live. We love it. I mean, I've been, I've worked in a bar since I was 21. So um, I started working downtown. That's how I kind of got on that scene. Mm -hmm. But um, it's become something like that so it's so crazy like seeing everyone try and keep up with what the next bar is doing right. or whatever so it's like it's i still like it i still like it i'm entertaining the idea of growth and moving to like not moving but like going out in different cities locally well if they told you blue okay we want you to run this club mm. or okay. we want you to run this lounge or just whatever like what what would a bar lounge or whatever, a spot downtown for blue? What what would that look like? Mm. I um definitely if if I was to open up a spot downtown, I feel like I would open up a spot that would be like 
every day something different happening. I feel like um, not just having a night for this, but it's like a whole different like vibe vibe every night. Some night is gonna be, um, I feel like we have enough country bars in Columbus, no shade. But um, I, some nights is strictly hip hop, this and a third, but then there's like, you know, spoken word going on, that stuff that you don't see, like artists that are coming in and doing, like spoken word happening, you know, your poetry slams, your, uh, you could do game nights, something, you know, that, cause there's so many, I've run into an issue where it's like, you'll go out and, me and my friends, like, of course, we're going to go out, we're going to dance, we're going to drink, we're going to do all that type of stuff. But there's some people that do want to be social but don't are not as social as right. what it takes to go to a club. Because mm-hmm. you go to a club here, everybody is hookah Hennessy standing on these couches. It's this vibe. Mm-hmm. It's a vibe. It's amazing. It's great. However, there's some people who want to entertain going to things like that that are not as social or, or don't want to go and smoke a hookah and stand on the couch and drink Hennessy. Yeah. So, um, I feel like if I was to open up a spot, I would definitely have a night because it's true to me that I'm gonna smoke that hookah drink on that couch. Yeah. But I would definitely have that. But there would be other things going on within that weekday or within that week that even that same weekend where you're off and you just wanna go and chill somewhere that's not gonna have too much of craziness going on. Mm-hmm. I want something if I was to do something it would be something like that something that's super versatile that caters to everybody my community and all of my communities you know whether it be black lgbt or the multiple communities that i position myself into i would definitely have something that caters to all of that everything something that's all inclusive yeah and without objectifying that culture not just to um try and make financial gain off of it but to actually cater to it there's places that will host nights but not actually cater to the people that are coming it's just kind of like a marketing ploy how do you i guess distinguish the two like how do you because you're in business to make a profit obviously. yeah so how do you do that and, and i guess not come off ingenuine right how to not buy um i've i've worked with some places and i've hosted some nights at local bars and um the reason why i feel like those ventures weren't as genuine is because it was solely focused on a uh, stereotypical of what these people are like so mm. if you see uh, like even in the LGBT community whenever you focus on what uh, how TV portrays them to be is you're not gonna succeed no type of business in that because of course we'll have our drag nights and stuff like that but I'm not a, I'm not one of them. <laughs> no shade to that, but I'm not one of them, so I'm not gonna go there and do that. There's some, there's people uh, have this misconception that just because I live in this culture and this lifestyle that I have to be one of those like yes, like type of homosexuals. Now I do, I, I mean, we salute them. They're a form of us as well. But however, there's so many. It, we're complex. So there's something that needs to be catered to in always, you know, mm-hmm. that opens up that. Because if you ask me, I prefer, I'm going to go to the hood with straight people. Yeah. That's, just, that's just me. I'm going to go to the hood with straight people. Now, if it was a gay club that had me that same vibe as in the hood with them, I'm going to go. I like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I feel like if I was to open up a spot in downtown, it would be somebody somewhere that, you know, is focusing on the bulk of the, of the culture instead of right. just the parts that they see and cater to that because they think that that's what's going to make them financials. Does it take, do you think it for in order for something like that to be like successful, they need somebody in that culture at the table? Yeah, definitely. I feel like with anything, if you want anything to succeed as far as business wise, it takes a village and it takes a panel. Mm-hmm. I like things that have a panel on it. So if I'm, if I'm sitting here talking to a business owner who wants to reach out to cater to this and wants to do it genuinely, then you need to have somebody there that not only knows the ins and the outs of that business, but also knows the ins and outs of that culture that you're trying to cater to or that, that community that you're trying to cater to. Therefore, everything that you are doing is genuine because you're taking that step. You're taking that step to to educate yourself in what's respected and what's kind of just cliche. Why do you think we're still so far behind, like as a society, uh, when it comes to LGBTQ um, and or African Americans? Why do you think we're still so far behind, just as far as how we like 
how media likes to portray us, um, your community. Because they, um, I feel like we're so far behind because they still entertain those ideas of those stereotypes and they do it too much. It's to the point where it's like, you know, we're, you're putting a box on a community that prides themselves in not having boxes. Like, you mm. know, there's so many letters in that in that acronym for a reason because we don't believe for real, for real in too harsh of labels. So when you try to put these people in these boxes and then get upset that they don't fit, right. that's whenever it becomes an issue because at the end of the day, you're still curating the issue of your opinion coming before the people that are in these boxes. And um, I feel like that's why we're so far behind. And up until if we get that under control, then I feel like then maybe... You know, it'll progress maybe in my lifetime, maybe after that. But I feel like we're always going to be in a loop because it's, I feel like the loop that we're in now is harder because um, at least back then it was just like if somebody didn't like what you were or how you presented yourself, they would have told you outright. But now you have a thing that's like where these people will false accept you. Well, they will, um, they will false accept you. Like they'll play in your face. Like it's like every time if I walk up and you like my outfit, like yes like da 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 cause I ain't never came up to you and just been like I never presented myself to be that type of person you know so don't like I, it's false acceptance and um people like that the girls always they, the girls they want their gay best friends they think that I'm finna come over your house and do your makeup they feel like I'm finna come over and be that and I can't fit that mode <laughs> I can't fit I cannot fit that mode and we're always gonna be behind if y'all try to make me fit that mode mm-hmm. So that's to answer that question. That's that's exactly how I feel. Right. Um. You you mentioned makeup, and you know you you have dibbled and dabbled yeah. a little bit, but um. What gives Blue the courage to be able to be himself and wear makeup out in public? <laughs> I think, or that, even on in, even on social media, it was. I think with that whole like makeup, I, makeup is a form of art as well, mm-hmm. and um, I don't like to feel limited as to what I can do or what defines me. So I started doing it um, back whenever I was still trying to find out who I kind of wanted to be if I was into this certain thing if I wanted to dabble in this. So it started at that and I had this job where I was actually told that that was not okay or that was not or someone tried to sit me down and tell me basically no. And I feel like that just made me want to, I'm rebellious, that made me want to do it more. So then I started finding ways to do it a little more intricately to where it was in your face. (laughs) At first it was like the small little things that I was doing it just for my own sake. But once when you noticed them small things and told me no, I'm like, all right, well, let me learn how to do this, learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. So then I did it for myself. Never would I consider myself like a makeup artist or anything like that. However, when it comes to me, I feel like I like to dibble and dabble in anything when it comes to creativity. You can put something in front of me and be like, ooh, how you do that? And I'm going to learn it and I'm going to work on that for a little bit and then I'll be on to the next. You know what I see, what I find dope about that? The stereotype is... You know, for you and for you, um, and all gay pe- all gay men, for them to have like their nails done, their toes done, you know, makeup, weaving their hair, and all that, is that oh they're trying to be a girl. When you that's not even the case. Like a lot of times, no. that it could be, they just tr- one they're finding themselves. Two, they're being creative. Yeah, like. Just that alone really like just blew me away, right? Because like for for the average person, the average straight male, that might make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and they may hate it because they just don't understand. And we said earlier, closed mouth don't get fed right. at all. So if you don't, if I I guess like it's more insightful. Yeah. than anything right. and I appreciate that bro because Definitely. like you just you're you're being yourself yeah 
don't ever stop being yourself. I know you not, yeah, but I appreciate I'm just that. saying, that, though, that. bro. Just don't, I appreciate that. You, if you want to get wild, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Do that shit. You but, know, I'm, I'm going to show. I'm probably going to show up late, but I'm going to show up late and wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I want to talk. I want to speak on photo logic. Okay. Shout out to that man. Okay, come on. Um, how did how was that that shoot like? When I tell you his work, when I walked up and keep in mind, so he had approached me. We had been in this like group message um, via Facebook with all the models and everybody who was going to be in it. And like, so I was replying. I knew the call time. I had to be here. So I'm rushing to get there. When I pulled up, he had the upstairs of Iron Bank like closed off that little meeting room mm-hmm. and he had the makeup table lined up he had donuts he had he had the, everything just set up the, the by shooter everybody was there and i was like wow i was like this is some professional stuff like yeah. this man came with it <laughs> he came with it he came with it that like i've seen him work with a few other my friends that also create as well and so when he reached out to me it was one of those things so it's just like oh well, we in here like let me just, I want to be in that mix. I like to work with, you know, all creatives. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me be in that mix or whatever. And then when I got there and just like how comfortable he was with like, I showed up and he was like, no, boo, I need you on that makeup table right here. And this lady's doing my makeup and him like being like, oh, we finna put these flowers in your hair. Like, and I'm sitting here looking cause I've not seen that. He's seeing this vision for me that, um, that's so like, crazy and so tuned in and so tapped in he was like yeah um i had two i remember i had two boots with me i had some black boots mm-hmm. that was just regular black boots and i had these red latex with a little heel on them he said no give me the red latex yeah. <laughs> he was like he's like give me the red latex he said we going 70s prints come on <laughs> I, yeah I remember, like i seen that shit i was like yo <laughs> these is the revolution okay <laughs> Then they, they they not from Columbus, they, they from not. Minneapolis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that was very much something that, like what he wanted to create. He wanted it. It was a Christmas shoot, but he wanted an all black Christmas shoot. Mm-hmm. All of those people, like those alternative people, it was like it was a twist to it. I loved working on that shoot. Like right. it was dope. Like as soon as I was done with it, I was like, I I, I went home. Typically, you go home, and you get excited. But I just like I was like I know we got some hits. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I know that day I was like we got some hits. Do you consider yourself a model when you was naming all the hats that you wear? You you never once named it. And even if when you talked about the sh- the, the shoots that you've been a part of where you were the model, you have not once. That's that, that that's funny because that is the weirdest title that I could never I would never associate with myself why but because I do it so often it's crazy I was talking to um you keep I, saying creative yeah, yeah I keep saying creative but like visual <laughs> like, art visual artist I never would have thought I would be a model so it's like whenever like people keep reaching out to me to do these shoots or whatever and like I and these are some of these creatives I've never worked with before <laughs> he called he called the other models creatives <laughs> so I'm in the room with all these creatives okay, I was, but I fuck with that though I do too because yeah, they, they are, with that. They are like creatives great, yeah they are creatives but I don't never know what I am today so it's like when I show up like <sighs> when I show up I'm like I don't want to consider them something that they're not feeling I'm just here to work like let's yeah. we there's obviously I feel that there's a vision there's an end goal and. I also I always don't have to be behind the camera, and I guess is I guess it also kind of plays into the not want to put yourself in a box. Yeah, it's it's, it's like weird. a subconscious thing, maybe. Every time I post a photo or something like you know like your Instagram followers, they they'll they'll put you on their story, all the type of stuff. But the Facebook, that's why your family and all your cousin them is. Mm-hmm. And every time I post one, you'll get these comments that pop up and say, "Oh, you need to be tagging these to like." Gap, we need to sign this boy. And I was like, I don't want to be signed. <laughs> we signed. I would show up. I would show up to that to that photo shoot every day, and then it'll take the love out of it for me. But also, I don't. I, I don't feel comfortable in solely being like a model. I appreciate it. I appreciate Blue, it. You gotta, so you, Blue, you gotta, you gotta tap in, bro. Yeah. So I, I still want to ask my next question. Then, so there's no business that you would want to align yourself with. In, in, in the if in I, the creative realm, in I'm the not even cre- gonna say model. <laughs> okay, in the, <laughs> in the creative realm, if I was to if I was to kind of be like, all right, this is what I'm passionate about. I would creative directing would be my thing. I I picked up photography because I liked images, but not I don't 
necessarily connect too much with the camera. Like, which is crazy. I love, I'm, I'm a, I, I wouldn't even say I'm a photographer, but like, I like taking photos, but only because I like to control what that image looked like. I see the image in my head, but what I like is the image. I'm more connect with the image, not the actual process of creating it. So even when you are the image, yeah. it's just because you like... I like getting that image. Them telling me, hey, this is what we see. I'm like, okay, well, if I can be a vessel for that, then yeah, I would like to be that. So I guess creative would be the proper term for you. Then. Yeah, I like, I like that better because I feel like people, artists don't... Just because you're not working right now does not mean you're not an artist. I feel right. like uh, walking art is a thing. I feel like you're tra you're training when when an artist goes through something or everybody goes through things. But however, I always believe that artists have a different perspective. Like mm -hmm. they look at stuff different. Yeah. So they take everything different. Something that's simple can be something that's vast to that specific person. So whenever it comes to like images or creating or stuff like that. It's like, I like being able to be in a hodgepodge of other people's ideas. <clears throat> and I like to be the vessel or just help along with that process be, whether that be working, uh, working, you know, the art shows where these people are performing and helping out with that. That's a form of art. You know, your everyday processes, your, your decision-making skills, your, those are, those are being creative and that never goes away. So I don't feel like I could ever put a really like name on that because it's so much that goes into it that I'd be changing. If I had to put a name on it, I'd probably quit the next day because I, <laughs> I wouldn't right. feel comfortable. Once you put me in the box, I don't feel comfortable. So you just do. I just do it. <laughs> I just do it. What you do? What you do? Whatever they just need. Just do. <laughs> whatever <laughs> they need. Whatever they hit my DMs or my email it. for, that's what I'm here doing. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Bro, you a beautiful soul, bro. I appreciate yeah. you. For real, dog. Um, you mentioned, you know, you, you, you was in the, the, as far as the the art events and what yeah. you were doing and yeah. stuff. Um, I kind of want to switch up the, the pace of, well, the, pace of the, the, the conversation a little bit. Mm -hmm. right. <coughs> you are a bartender. Yeah. How did you, first off, how did you get into that? I started, my first job was at a restaurant and um, because it was my first job, it was my first legal job. That, and I just stayed with that job forever. And as I got older, once when I turned 18, they started letting me serve. Mm -hmm. Once when I started pushing up on my 21st birthday, they was like, hey, like, let's go ahead and start, you know, training on that. And then I found so much fun in it because I was like, oh, like, there's so many bartenders, but there's not like, I can make a drink and you can make a drink and it'd be totally different. Mm -hmm. I found creative in that, like, in that. That's why I was like, okay, well, that's something I can stick with because that's something I can actually put my, my own spin to it. Like and but serving and all that stuff for the birds. Would you? Mm -hmm. would, quick question, and we don't have to to, to uh, stay on it. Mm -hmm. Would you? Do you think everybody needs to serve at least once in their life? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! People are crazy. <laughs> People are crazy, especially when it comes to their food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, serve. Um, do your time. Is there a signature drink for blue that you make that everybody fuck with? Um, I, I don't even drink rum personally, but when I make rum punches for all of those events and everyone, it's a, it keeps coming. It keeps coming back. I end up having to make them again and again. Oh, we wanted to get you for this, but can you make that one rum punch, rum punch or something like that? And yeah. I'm like, that's, I guess that's the drink, but I, I don't even drink rum at all. So you don't even know what it tastes like. I mean, I know what it tastes like mixed, but I don't like. I'm. You ain't never gonna see me just taking a shot of rum. Right. <laughs> what do you care? Do you mind giving up the sauce? Oh, legitimately, rum, a liqueur, uh, pineapple juice. Because pineapple juice and rum, if if you don't want to taste no alcohol, put pineapple in it. So I take that that rum, the liqueur, which would be like a peach schnapps, some pineapple juice, and then whatever flavor of mix those mini made juices that I feel like if I'm making it in bulk I'm gonna do mini made juices but if I'm making it just like at a bar or whatever of course I'm gonna go ahead and do your cranberries your stuff like that or blend the juices myself however if I'm making a big picture of it I'm gonna just go and get those mini made juices mix it with the rum and it's just almost like a little hunch punch everybody gonna get drunk <laughs> everybody gonna get drunk that's hard man mm. Where he just gave y'all the sauce, he did okay but, for your next little kickback. Next little kickback, gonna get drunk. COVID free he, he kickback. He told you earlier is. though, we can make the same drink 
And just because I gave you the song don't, don't mean it's going to taste like that. Taste like the Please blend it right. It ain't, <laughs> it ain't gonna taste like the blue juice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gonna you gonna know it's off if that drink come out brown. Ooh. Yeah, cause you didn't mix too many colors. You gotta go back. <laughs> said, you done fucked it up. You done fucked up the batch. You done fucked up the batch. You gotta go back. So, uh, what, what color is it supposed to be? I can't even tell you that. <laughs> if it's red, it's good. If it's like a blue, like a lightest blue, it's good. But, but if it's brown. So it can brown, be red, it can be light blue. It could be red, it could be light blue. Depends on what you was doing. However, if it's brown, no go. <laughs> no <laughs> he go. said if it's brown, it's not going down. <laughs> it's not gonna go. No, it's going to go down, but temporarily. If it's brown, <laughs> brown you're going to be clown. Clown <laughs> If it's brown, get out of town. <laughs> put, put that red nose on, cause you clowning the rest of the night. Oh, I mean, you gonna be drunk. <laughs> you gonna get it. You gonna get the. Okay. Just not how you think you gonna get. <laughs> you, uh-huh. uh, you, you, you're a very selfless person, bro. Yeah. You know, from serving, from curating other people's projects, from. Taking care of your your grand your grandparents. Right. Where did that sense of selflessness come from? Um, I feel like um, it came a good bit of it came from my mom. Um, my family is we have a very weird dynamic, and my mom has always been kind of the black sheep of it all. But however, during all hardships, she's always giving back to other people right. even if things weren't given back to her she was it was it was given from other people um my nickname blue comes from a song that is true blue Lou is the name of the song and what it is is the message of the song is that it's about this girl who falls in love and this guy basically shits on her and she uh she moves he moves away and you know he got away and got his break but nobody really checked for her and um, she she did all of those nice things for him, and she did nice things for people, not to get that acknowledgement. But she says in the song that maybe one day when she passed, those angels will sing her praises. So she's never gonna stop being a good person. And um, so that is where that nickname came into. And those all of those acts are me creating for other people, or me just being as selfless as I can comes from the name. And I can't have this name and not wear it. So you're. Mom gave you that name. It was a nickname for my grandmother. Oh, see, from your grandmother. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It was one of her favorite songs. Who was it by? It's the the rendition that she sung was by Annette Henshaw. Annette Henshaw. Yeah, in the twenties. It's called True Blue Lou, and it's been my whole. I've developed a whole aesthetic from it. Like a damn near like a whole cat, like a whole alter ego. Yeah, it's your identity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want you to touch on the pull up video and your. Um, in what part that you played in Rhea's pull-up video? And how did that come about? That came about when she was... Me and her had always, like, just talked about creating. And then she basically came to me and was like, hey, like, when when are you free to meet? And we met at a coffee shop, and we both had our notebooks, and we was just talking. Mm-hmm. Us kicking shit... Us kicking shit in that coffee shop, we had the, we had aesthetics, we had ideas, we had all of these things. So here I am feeling like that we are just, you know, I'm creating with her and these type of things. And then she hit me up like a couple of, like maybe like a couple of weeks later and we're on the phone and we're talking and I was just going to do kind of like the aesthetics and all this type of stuff. And she was like, well, how do you feel about, you know, like creative directing for this, like this and that. I'm like, girl, I ain't never put that hat on. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never put that hat on. She was like, but you also got to think as far as like what you have been doing, this falls into those brackets. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's when that, and I would even like in the calls where we're on the phone with other people who had pools in that video or whatever. And she was like, oh, or she would introduce me as somebody that's directing. I would always kind of like, my heart would drop. Be like, you sure? <laughs> you sure? Yeah. And then it was like, it's crazy because it was, it's like after the video had came out, that's when I really realized that, damn, like, I, we, you know, we did that. Like, right. that's a baby that, you know, we kind of created together because when you see it and then you see the stuff that was in your head or in that notebook when you first started, 
when you're writing those things right. down, like it's just cool. Like it's it's, re- it's really cool. And you see it come to life. You see it come to life, and that was my first time doing anything like that. Right. Like and um, just how she had came to me and and talked to me about that or whatever, and how my play has affected that or whatever. It kind of meant the world because it was something that I was just like. It started off as me just hanging out with my friend and us you know, creating. She obviously has a brand that she's been working on and curating this. So for her to see me and want to work and be like, oh, like let me trust your vision. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, let's let's do this. And then to see that work come out and just to see my, my stamps on that. And I'm like, this it, it kind of put a fire behind my ass. Is that a one-off thing or that's something that you can see yourself doing? I, that's something that I just, I'm going to keep you, you doing. Like that. <laughs> I like that one. I don't want to label nothing on me. That, that one. See, that's what I was saying. I was like, see, that's a label. Though. That's yeah. a label. Yeah, like if it can be like that all the time, how mm-hmm. how like healthy I felt during that process. Right. How, um, how genuine everything. If every project could be like that, right. like, we in for it. We in for it. Right. That's, that's definitely something I would like to do for the rest of my life. Going back to the, I'm sorry. I didn't mean mm, to no, 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 no. Oh, going back to just your your nickname, Blue. Um, you you definitely leaving an impact on just is everybody you come in contact with. Do you ever think about the impact that you may end up leaving on your community as a whole and possibly even just the world? I. I um with that it's like of course it's always so so good to leave an impact and I love the fact that anything that I could do can touch people. However, um I don't I'm I'm not solely focused on leaving an impact and that's what it is. It's like I love it, but as long as I'm doing right by the next man, you know, and keeping that passive for energy going then that whole impact thing, mm-hmm. I like the fact that it will never trickle back down to me. Because if you do something nice for somebody to the point where it sticks with them, that's all that it needs to do. Because that person's going to pass that on. And it's going to grow from that. So I feel like the impact should be as a collective. The strongest impact is from a collective. So mm. I feel like, of course, of, of course that acknowledgement would be great. However, it's not necessary. It's all not right. necessary at all. Because as long as what's getting done is getting done, then you're good. You know. You know, just like I said in that song, you know that when in that song that uh, Annette Henshaw made, when she passed away, maybe them angels gonna sing her praises. That's all that. That's the only acknowledgement she needs. So um, as far as that go, it's like I do like the fact that I can help or I can do that or whatever with just what I have in my being. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can help somebody and that person can help someone else and that growth alone will impact way more than just me that's hard man like that self selflessness to another level mm-hmm. like you're not even thinking about you mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you know how many people that sat in your chair in that chair and, and made it about them yeah. not saying that nothing is wrong with that yeah but for you to still cause he asked you you that yeah. question Mm. But for you to still take it off of yourself, right, and include, you know, everybody, shit's beyond me, and that's in in all in a nutshell, shit is beyond me. There's uh, so many things that has happened to me that has been the best things that has happened to me that I had nothing in control over with it. Mm-hmm. It was those 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 angels of friends or those angels of networking that you you know that you pushed in your corner that holds you up right so you know you're not nothing you're, you're, you're nothing without the people that are that are pushing you so therefore you should push yourself to do good for not only those people but the people that you can inspire within everything that you do right is generational wealth a thing to you generational wealth i feel like um because i've not experienced none of that i feel like it's taboo However, I feel like if uh, generational wealth for me would be uh, my power, generational power, I feel like um, I've, I've been gifted power from people before me, and it that comes with responsibilities of taking that and, and, and that knowledge and passing that on. I feel like uh, when I hear general wealth, uh, 
generational wealth, I think I think too much on financials. I think of too much on stuff that is that is just not that can be replaced. So I, I I never really connected with that. However, as far as like generational power, I feel like that's definitely something that's on me, and that's something that can be passed. That's that's different. That's very different. It's different, but it also plays in to how you think of generational. Wealth. Yeah, it's yeah. everything's perspective. You know what I mean? it's just, it, it definitely ties in that what you think about generation as far as knowledge yeah. and information. Right. You know what I mean? He just worded it as power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it plays it plays hand in hand, but it definitely is interesting that you said that it's it's something that you you feel like um, it's taboo. Yeah. You know what I mean? But simply because of how you view it yeah. as, as generational power as opposed to... Uh, I feel like the word wealth has too much of a, a social construct on it. Right. When you think of wealth, you think of it into a certain way. Mm-hmm. So as far as how my brain connects around it, I like to decode that into a different way of, of viewing that. Right. To push that forward. Hmm. That's dope, man. Got anything else? Right. Uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm actually still thinking about the generation of wealth thing. It's interesting that you said that because uh, we talked about it briefly, uh, it might have been in private, but just how the value of the dollar is steadily decreasing. So, what are you actually passing on if you're passing on? It's material. Mm-hmm. Like you said. Right. At the end of the day, you got to think. If you're not passing on investments, hey. what are you actually passing on? A dollar, just a piece of paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and we gave that value. We gave that value, right. and that's what that's what anything social constructs are basically things that you that are here that we gave so much value over time. Mm-hmm. These social constructs are so strong that nobody you can't go into Walmart and ring up a hundred dollars worth of stuff and get them a dollar and be like, "This is a hundred dollar bill." No. But, I mean, at the end of the day, a $100 bill and a $1 bill is both their pieces of paper. Yeah. But we've socially constructed this to be so strong that it's those views are so mandated on that. But I, all it is is just a piece of paper. <laughs> You're not do, leaving nothing. How does Blue view life? How um, do you value it? Value. How do I value life? I, I know that everything is physically timed. I feel like... Life is very short. So, and while I'm physically here and I have control over that, um, I value it in ways of just living and what I'm feeling right then or just existing in the best way that I can. Um, as far as that slipping sometimes just as, just go hand in hand with confidence, there's sometimes where my value is not as high as it should be or there's sometimes where those are tweaked. Um, however, I feel like with that being said, the the value of life is however you just exist just exist just to not just to live day to day but just to be happy in your existence in your headspace in your your present time right is there anything that you would ask us if you was if the roles were reversed if i had the other side of this microphone (laughs) um are y'all content (laughs) content are y'all content are y'all happy i mean no, no. Mm-mm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy, mm-hmm. but I'm not content. All right. What about you? Uh, definitely. Yeah, happy. Yes, I'm. I'm happy with how things are going. Content. I would say no because I I know where we're headed. Okay. Um, I know where we're headed. I feel, I feel like when when people are content, I feel like they're okay with where things are to the point to the where there's no growth. You know what I mean? Complacency. Um, right. Complacency almost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I don't want us to be. You know what I mean? So I'm happy, but I'm also eager to see more growth. Right. Absolutely, man. Thank you, bro. This, You're bro, welcome. This, this, has been, this has been real good, bro. You dropped a lot of gems, We bro. dropped some heat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how we normally end the show, uh, we ask, you know, a top five. All right. Okay. Um, being that 
you are a part of Columbus culture in downtown Columbus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your top five spots to go to? Top five spots to go to in town. I'm going to automatically have to drop the hooch just because I'm in there every weekend like clockwork. Um, that being one of them. Um, I do like I do like the suite. The suite is, is, is a great spot to go to, but that's all I'm giving is clubs go. But my favorite top spots in Columbus would be either... Outside, <laughs> outside club downtown Riverwalk Broadway. Mm-hmm. Broadway is where I'm at. I I skate down there mm-hmm. almost every day. Uh, I do yoga and all that type of stuff downtown. I take pictures downtown. So I would say, as far as bars go, Hooch Suite definitely downtown Broadway. Just that outside scene if the weather's right. Um, I do like uh that new spot that just opened up the 1885 the rooftop bar okay i could see me visiting that place a lot they are going to get a lot of my money (laughs) they're going to get a lot of my money eventually that makes four and then the last one would be my room (laughs) my damn room (laughs) i like my room too (laughs) you like your room (laughs) i love this room right here shit shit don't really get crazy in there when i'm there everything else is outside (laughs) favorite spot man i ain't mad at it man um once again bro thank you for for wanting to be on the show i appreciate y'all for having us Uh, i hope you know it we Met expectations, if not exceeded. Right. Oh, no. It was it. <laughs> we dropped some heat. <laughs> so, um, Brad, once again, we want to give you your flowers while you're here to smell them. And okay. inhale them. Okay. So, but this concludes this episode of Free Gems Network. Free Gems Network.